0: hi everybody welcome back did you miss me it's been a minute it's been a while so welcome back to Sexploit papushka i'm back and i'm black bitch and um so today i'm gonna to tackle something slightly sensitive and we ain't got no guests today it's just me myself and irene and today we're gonna to talk about trauma and how to move on from trauma and how to deal with trauma in terms of relationship-wise, in terms of coping up with people, in terms of sex and all that. And I'm not even going to fix it to trauma per se. I'm just going to fix it to basically um, anything that would lead one to have an unstable mental health. Post-traumatic stress disorder, trauma, um, nostalgia, um, basically anything that makes someone unstable mentally. And... um, how it may or may not impact somebody's future relationships or sex life. And uh, I'm gonna start with a personal story and um, And um, yeah, so I'm just gonna share my story so that we we have context when you're discussing this very sensitive matter so here goes my story and actually i've told very many versions very many distorted versions of this story <laughs> so here goes the truth um to my friends out there who've had this story before or versions of it this is exactly what happened so this is me 18 year old me or 17 i think i was 17 or 18. oh yeah it was 17 17 year old me and um post form 5 finished form four. It's 17 years yes it's out there and um i was in nairobi um a friend of mine owned a cyber and the cyber was in Tasia. His name was Jeremy. We were very tight with Jeremy. So Jeremy, um, I would assist him in, in the cyber, spend the whole day with him in the cyber and all that. So sometimes he would like leave and go do some errands like buying stuff and shopping and all that. And I would take care of his cyber. So this one time i met at the cyber and this person walks in and they had an issue with their phone. I cannot really remember what was happening with their phone but they had an issue with their phone and they were very very good looking they were very very good looking so they yeah so they give me the phone and um, i look into it and i'm like oh this and this is the problem and i sort it out in the course of it all because i had a crush and i liked them i i sent myself a message and i delete it immediately so we talk, we talk, we talk, and they're like, oh, thank you very much. Can I have your number? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I have yours. I'll call you. They're like, you know, how do you have my number? Like, and I'm like, you no, don't worry. I have your number. So I get their number and they leave from the cyber. And we start chatting, chatting, chatting. One thing links to another and they tell me they're alone in the house and can I come over? And I'm like, I'm at the cyber. When my friend comes, I will take a break and I'll come. So Jeremy comes um, at two-ish in the PM and it uh, releases me cuz and I decide, you know what let me just so this person tells me that they are staying in Tajmul. Tasia and Tajmul is like 20 shillings by matatu or walking distance approximately a kilometer I believe. So I walk to Tajmul from Tasia and I get there and I'm like hey I'm here they're like oh okay I'm actually at pipeline but let me come for you, you go to P-. I'm like pipeline again. <sighs> pipeline. Ooh, okay fine cuz pipeline are stories you know stories you know pipeline it's pipeline you know, no hate, no shade. So I'm there. I'm, I'm like, fine, let me just start walking. And uh, I walk from Tajbol in towards Pipeline and then I meet them. We say hi. Then they walk me to the home, which is, uh, you know, Pipeline has these gorofas, like, you know, big ass gorofas with almost a hundred houses, one of those. So we go up to, I think, seventh or eighth floor and um, go to the house and um, we, we, we caught up we we really caught up and we caught up for almost an hour but in the course of it all they kept on making phone calls and they would speak kamba and they constantly asked me what my language was and i was like i'm Luo, like what my tribe was i was like i'm Luo. why why is that important and they're like oh no i just like luos i'm like okay but then they ended up making so many phone calls during the the conversation and um, it didn't trigger me either. it was just like hey, you do your thing and they kept on speaking in kamba as well so so that happens and um out of nowhere they just like can we have sex and i'm like oh so i'm like sure why not and i excuse myself go to the washrooms come back and i found that they have stripped i'm like wow that's how we're doing and then they're like can you strip too and i'm like okay this is awkward like we're just stripping like that and you know I strip, they strip, we're all naked and uh, we jump into the bed. No sooner did we jump into the bed than the door was knocked. And the person is like, "Ah, t- something was being delivered, let me just pick it. I ordered some food or something. They say that they ordered some food and it's going to be delivered. So let them just pick it and we'll eat later. So they jump out of the bed. It was actually a bed sitter. And so they jump out of the bed, they open the door and voila, three gentlemen walk in. And they're like, what are you doing in my house? Do you know this is a mine?" I'm like, what the fuck? I'm a mine. I'm fucking 17, what the hell? So, there we are naked. The three gentlemen have walked in. Um, And it was horrendous after that. Um, They excused the person I had come to see. And uh, they sit me down all naked there. Take their phones, take photos. Um take my phone, ask me to put my fingerprint, they start copying numbers and copying numbers, take my impressor, send themselves money. Oh, it was, oh my goodness. So they make me kneel down, they tie my hands at the back, and, uh, you know, they, they start beating me. And they're like, you know, this is my house, how can you do this in my house, and what are you doing in my house, how do you know this person? And I'm like, I met them at a freaking cyber, and they invited me over. In, I didn't even come for that. I didn't even come for, you know, packaging. I came to I came to meet them and get to talk to them. I don't even how it went to packaging, I have no idea. But those are not my intentions. I didn't even know this is your house. I didn't even know that they're your cousin or your or your sister or your whatever. I I, I don't know shit. And they're like So they beat me thoroughly. And um at some point because now i needed to make phone calls for people to send me money they release my hands and uh from the back as they are tied them in the back and now they give me my phone i start calling people and you know they direct the conversation they like say this you know and they actually um they actually like ask you who to call they don't like you the give you the phone and ask you to call anyone that you think might have money. They go through your contacts and they're like, Oh, there's this doctor, so and so, call them. And ah, uh, so I did. And uh, two hours down the line, nobody has sent money. And you know, it was so awkward because you're calling someone, you're like, Hi, how are you? There's not even time for hi. It's just like, How much money do you have on your investor? Send me, send me money. And then the person is like, How much money do you want? I'm like, Um. 100, 200, they're like, Sema, 20,000, Sema, 30,000. Bari, Barry, slap, slap. Oh, my goodness. So, I do around 30 calls. And it's awkward because these are people, some of them I haven't talked to in a while, and they're just like, how can Isaac just call and ask for money without even hi, without anything? It, it It was just not making sense. So, some of them are worried at this time. They're like, are you okay? Because you sound... As if you're in a very tricky situation. And I'm like, yes, I'm fine, I'm fine. I just need money. Um, just something has happened to me. I just need some money to pay. I'm like, money for what? I can't say. Just send me money. So someone promises. I, I'd called my grandma. And uh, she promises, okay, I'm sending you something. I don't know what's up, but uh, I'm going to send you something. Then we wait, we wait, we wait, we wait. My grandma sends me 200. Oh, my goodness. Oh, this was the trigger. I was beaten. i <laughs> Billy and i'm beaten my arm is not bro- my shoulder socket was popped out as i was trying to resist my balls were squished together i was burnt with candle oh my goodness oh dear lord and uh so we wait, and I'm, I'm desperate at this point. This is four hours down the line, around six-ish. It's getting to, to the night. Ah, So they do that, and um, at some point, they tie me even on the bed, take photos still. Ah. And um, so this goes on for a while, and then they're like, you know, this person is hopeless. Like, where is your ID? I'm like, I don't have an ID. Oh, like how don't you have an idea I'm like i don't have an idea i have a waiting card here's my waiting card and they're like so you're not even 18 you're not even above 18 i'm like no I'm, I'm, I'm turning 18 in a few so i got a waiting card um you know prior to me turning 18 so that i can blah 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 and I, I think that was the changing point for it all like you don't look 18 you look fucking 25 i'm like oh no i have never i have never been thankful to look older than i actually am as that moment and so they consult and um they decide you know let's release them this is a kid it can bring us issues let us just release him and so i get released um at around 7 30 ish in the pm so they untie me so they untie me and um you know take my phone remove my sim cards my memory card, they flash it, they pick it, they give me my SIM cards and memory cards, and you know, my wallet, pick everything, pick bloody everything that I owned, and um, they give me 20 bob, that's where do you stay, I was like, I said, I wasted, it, and I in mbau to then they give me 20 bob, pick home, <sighs> and they release me to to go home, <sighs> I was confused, I was in shock I was in disbelief it was just new you know it was just different for me and I had to make up a lot of lies at home I had to make up a lot of lies and all that and go to the police and go to the hospital and um I never really dealt with it I just brushed it I was like ah it is what it is and that's where my trauma story begins because And we'll get into it as as we are discussing and delving into trauma. But basically, that is what happened. And um, it will contribute a lot to how I'm going to tackle this podcast and and, and my examples and generally handling trauma. So now now back to the podcast. The story was just to create a background. And and we'll be relating with the story um, as we go on. Now, the thing about trauma is... As I said in the previous podcast, sex is mental. So many people think that a lot of things are not connected to their sex life, but they actually are. What do I mean? Someone might have lost their parents and never dealt with the grief. Someone might have burnt while they were young. Someone might have been raped. Someone might have been beaten. Someone might have been um, robbed with violence. Someone escaped death. I mean, any form of anything that would cause your trauma would ideally affect your mental health and many people think that this may disconnect with how you relate with people and how you you know relate sexually but it may drastically affect your sex life so the first question is how do we deal with our past how do we deal with these experiences that how do we deal with these experiences that dwell in our minds and Make us unstable mentally and you know make us relate with people awkwardly and weirdly and the first step is usually for me is just acknowledging what happened and this is what i mean by acknowledging what happened in my case everyone that i had called now i didn't have a phone so they didn't have an opportunity to call me back and i didn't have a phone for like three months afterwards so i didn't have an opportunity to explain to some of them that i hadn't met face to face what exactly was happening. But the few that I met, um, I had told them, you know, what this was happening and blah blah blah, and and I'm okay now. But in the moment, I totally and completely shun away what happened. Firstly, I had to give a lie because the whole story was just awkward. So I had to like make up a lot of lies so that people don't don't take it like a big deal. So first of all i wasn't living in the truth i was living in a fake version of the lie and you know the more you lie the more you believe your lies and you actually forget the actual tragedy and this happens to us a lot where something bad happens to us but because we are uncomfortable sharing it we end up giving versions of the truth or distorted truth that um changes the whole occurrence and the first thing is actually to acknowledge what happened. And if you are sharing, share what happened. Because if you don't acknowledge what happened, you like shun the door away. That is what leads to accumulated trauma. That is what leads to, you know, your mental instability in the long run. And this is what leads to what you're going to talk about in the podcast. And and how do I mean when I say acknowledging the truth? Have you ever had friends in situations whereby you ask them, do you want to talk about it? What can I do? And they're like, Nikosawa, I'm okay, I'm okay. And you're like, can you go to a doctor or can you you get you a counselor? I'm okay, I'm okay. This constant repetition of how okay you are is a cry for how un-okay you are. Does that make sense? (laughs) Does that even make sense grammatically? But, so you have to acknowledge this actually happened. Whatever the situation is, you just have to acknowledge what happened. Because, as I said again, you can give versions or distorted versions of what actually happened and you end up believing that. But the truth will manifest itself to a point that it gets to you mentally, it gets to you physically, it gets to to you. So acknowledging actually, okay, fine, this is what happened. And it's unfortunate. It's so sad that it happened. And um, it happened. Just acknowledging it. Now, dealing with the process of recovery and the process of you know getting out that negative chakra and that negative energy and that mantra in itself that is up to you i mean in my case i i felt that i needed to to be more in charge of my security and to be more hands-on on on my security and that's that's generally what led me to martial arts i started karate classes i started my thai classes it ended up with me doing very many types of martial arts and here I am boxing now and generally that was my that was me dealing with the situation, that was me taking control of the situation and for me that was me taking control of the situation and dealing with my trauma by redirecting it redirecting all the negative energy in my Arts and um, fighting my pain out. And I, I wouldn't lie to you that the pain goes away, it never goes away. The memories, they never go away. It will be a total lie if I told you your traumatic pains and stress might fade because they will not. But if you do everything correctly and you do everything right, then you will be in charge of your pain, you'll be in charge of your memory, and you'll be in charge of the situation. In the long run, trauma, PTSD, depression, anxiety, it may, you know, the trauma might lead to so many things, and there wouldn't necessarily be one solution for all. So depending on the mental instability that has been caused by your trauma, you have to deal with that accordingly. And for me at some point it was trust, um, at some point it was fear, fear of making out, fear of sex, fear of... And I think that's what got me interested in psychology at some point and also um, sex and sexuality and um, generally understanding the cultural, um, scientific and psychological aspects behind sex, relationship and um, communication. and. Um, As I've said, there wouldn't be one possible solution for everything. You just have to deal with what comes with your trauma. And as I've said, the second step would be trying to direct your pain, your energy, and your chakras, negative chakras somewhere. For me, it was arts, martial arts. It could be writing. It could be music. It could be football. It could be sports. It could be anything. Just find a dumping site for your negative energy. And the reason why most people get unstable in terms of relationship and commitments and friendship is because they so much have so much bundled up negativity, bundled up, bundled up post-traumatic stress disorder, bundled up depression that they just ooze it out whenever they communicate to people. They end up having bipolar, they end up being very untrustworthy, they end up not trusting people, they end up having trust issues. It's it's a cocktail, a whole cocktail of stuff and you have to deal with your negative energy before you transmit it to someone else and even us as human beings before we judge before we you know before we get rid of our friends claiming they're toxic let us listen to them these are signs and cries of help these are cries of people who want you to help them identify their pain and deal with it And some of us walk away from partners who exhibit these signs because we are afraid. We are afraid of our lives. We are afraid of our mental health. And we are afraid that they are toxic and they are not impacting us positively. But sometimes it's a cry for help from them. If they're shouting, if they're uneasy, if they're physical, if they're aggressive, that's a cry for help. But the truth of the matter is you cannot help somebody who doesn't want to be helped. You can't love somebody who doesn't love themselves so i'm speaking to you as someone who has faced trauma in your life and is affecting how you relate with people and i'm also speaking to you as someone who may have dealt with your trauma or may have never experienced trauma but meet people with traumatic um, life histories and don't know how to handle them because they're toxic and the only way to handle them is to leave them What better thing could you do for them? Now, after handling your emotions, um, your negativity, your sadness, your depression, your lack of joy, lack of happiness, unsettledness, and you have to identify triggers. You have to identify what, what triggers these emotions. Because as I said earlier we never completely deal with our trauma we never completely deal with it. and for my case uh, something as simple as a knock in the door because that was what that is how my ordeal began by aggressive knocks at the door Aggressive knocks at doors trigger me and they trigger my you know heart start beating faster you get so defensive and you get ready for a fight and you get ready for... And that is my trigger. I mean that is that is mine. And each one, depending on their trauma, their triggers. Someone could be fire. Someone else's could be shouting. Somebody just shouts at you and it triggers that, you know, that memory or that emotion or that situation that you are in. And having identified your triggers, you work to avoid these triggers. And sometimes these triggers are things that you do, you're you not in charge of. Like, I am not in control of how people knock the door. So I can't do anything about knocks in the door being my trigger. But if I opened up to someone, especially someone I was living with, or somebody I was dating, or somebody I was having intimate relationship with, they'd be aware that this triggers me. So they wouldn't, if they loved me at least, they wouldn't... Um, Arc me by reviving my triggers to this somebody just wouldn't just knock at the door very harshly and aggressively because they know it triggers me and um it could be various things related to your traumatic experiences identifying your triggers helps you deal and avoid your triggers sometimes we don't even know our triggers it's true sometimes due to a traumatic event you don't just know when it comes but But it just gets triggered with something you do not know, it could be a word, it could be a voice, it could be a song, it could be a memory, it could be a smell. Any form of communication, smell, would lead to your trigger activating or aggravating your emotions due to your trauma. So identifying your triggers helps you handle your traumatic disorders and... um, Avoiding them. It could be a song that reminds you so much of that situation. It could be (sighs) uh, Anything literally anything really So I, I believe it's also essential to talk to someone and open up about your triggers or your You know disorders because sometimes people don't know what you're going through and they don't know why you behave the way you behave But the moment you talk to someone and open up to them, then they handle you differently. I can give a classical case in point is somebody's sex experiences, especially those of rape and generally any form of sexual assault. Their sexual behavior and sexual patterns get distorted a lot. And sometimes as their lover, there are things that you would do that would trigger some of these emotions. Probably it would be a touch. They don't like being touched somewhere. And you keep on touching them and they tell you, please don't touch my tits. I don't like when you touch my tits. Or they tell you, please don't smack me. Don't spank me ever again. And you think it's a joke and you ask why they tell you I don't just like it. It's It's very, very essential to respect these boundaries in relationships because you do not really know why your partner has made these certain decisions and why they don't want you to do certain things during your intimacy. So that is how your trauma can affect. It could be a word that your partner keeps on saying during sex and you're like, please don't say that again. Somebody's busy telling me, call me daddy, call me daddy, like, please don't tell me that. Don't, don't, don't. So it's, it's, it's very essential to respect people's sexual boundaries. And it may not make sense to us. And I've also had these experiences where somebody is telling me, you know, don't do this. And I'm like, that is that is the best part of sex. Why wouldn't you want me to kiss you? I mean, what the bloody fuck? I mean, why, what are we even doing if you're not going to kiss? You know, it may not make sense to me, but you never know the history or the story behind them not liking certain aspects of sex. Some may not want PJ, some may not want that. And this could be closely related to their PTSD or their traumatic experiences because these could be triggers to their experiences. But as your partner, if you haven't told me why, I wouldn't understand. I may be keeping, keeping on pushing this agenda, but I don't understand why you don't like it. So opening up is really essential, but... In as much as we open up, we don't want to get vulnerable, because people use this information against us. And especially if we haven't dealt with our trauma, then somebody may just use this information to to put us down. You know, they'd, they'd tell their friends, they'll tell your friends, they'll announce you to the whole world, and it becomes very uncomfortable dealing with your situation and dealing with people pitying you or giving you pity because of your situation. But then the beauty of it all is that if you have understood, accepted, and dealt with your feelings, then nobody can use your past or your history or your situation against you. If you had been, if I was raped, for example, and um, I have acknowledged that I was raped, and I've acknowledged that you know the, the circumstances or the effects of my rape. Probably it could have been you know anything. You know it could be an STD, genital warts, HIV, herpes, whatever, or mental trauma, anything like that. If I haven't dealt with my mental health and the fact that I was raped and the fact that um, you know the repercussions of my rape were ABCD, then. It is easy for people to put me down if I come out to them about my traumatic disorders or my traumatic experiences because I personally haven't dealt with them. But if I have dealt with them and I'm aware that they happened and I acknowledge that they happened and I've dealt with the feelings of guilt, the feelings of regret, the feelings of shame, then nobody can use these feelings that I have already dealt with against me. Nobody can guilt trap me or label me a whore. Nobody can shame me because of my experience, because I have dealt with my past and I'm certain. So we cannot really control what people do with information that we give them. But if we have dealt with our experiences and we have acknowledged our experiences from our end, then whatever they do with the information that you give them as your partner dawns down to them. Because it's it's also essential that in as much as you're in love with somebody, in as much as you're in a relationship with someone, it doesn't necessitate that you'll be with them forever. It doesn't really mean that you'll be with them in the long run. What happens if you break up and you still share some friends? They may use this information that probably you have not come out to your friends to against you. So for me, it comes down to you share these aspects of your life with people that you really trust people that you really like and people that you feel need to know and as i've said again you cannot control what people do with this information so always prepare for any backlash somebody using and that's the thing with human beings we never people take our vulnerability our vulnerability for our weaknesses and we have to expect that even as you're coming out with their traumatic stories But the most important part is that you've accepted and you've dealt with your experience and with the emotions that come with experience so that nobody else can take you down that road of shame, down that road of depression, down that road of sadness because you have already taken yourself and you've taken yourself out of it and you've acknowledged all these things. Now, the most important reason why it's important to deal with your feelings is because These feelings bundle up in our mind and they get distorted across our mind. And sometimes subconsciously, we do things that we do not understand. And that explains partly our our personalities. Because traumatic stress and traumatic experiences affect how we relate with people. I can give a classical, classical example of my case. I am very aggressive. When I feel that my personal space has been distorted, that when I feel that my security is jeopardized. And trust you, me, I was never like this before my traumatic experience. I was the softest kid you'd meet. I was the weakest kid you'd meet. And I acknowledged that. I was, you know, I was this, you know, rich kid, quote unquote. <laughs> and, you know, into our pampas, you know, into our and cornflakes and rice and noodles and. Sushi and you know, pizza bag, and all that. And generally, I was a weak man, and I've acknowledged that, and that that is true. I was a soft, weak is a novice, I was a soft man. But this traumatic experience led me to be in love with martial arts to the extent that I'm a threat even to myself as we speak. Like, I usually pray not even pray per se. I usually just say to myself that whoever is stealing from me or pickpocketing me or doing anything from me, please, if God loves them, let them not be caught by me. Let me be unaware, simu yende, wallet yende, pesa yende, but let me not catch them because I feel and I fear due to my aggression, blood may be in my hands. So you see how generally my my personality changed and even my friends noticed. I became very aggressive, like, I'm walking down the streets and somebody just, or even, let me give a classical example, like, uh, you know, a manamba just touches my hands, a kinifosku ingia kwa gari, I'll be like, usijaribu kunishika tena. Ndapanda gari yinataka, uminisikia, ama ntakudimbua vibaya sana. And everyone will be like, Isaac, it's a small thing. Stop, stop. I mean, you overreact. I'm like, no, I'm not overreacting. Why is he forcing me to go into a vehicle? Do not dare touch my hands again. And this was not me before. So the point I'm trying to make is that traumatic experiences might change our lifestyle, might change our personalities, might change our interests even. And we have also to, you know, to deal with the new versions of us that create. Because you can't go back to the original you. Um, it could be, if, if it was rape, for example, and it was um, homosexual rape, for, for that instance. You're a gentleman, you know, got mugged, raped and all that. Your view of homosexuality and your view of, you know, anybody that is not heterosexual would be very different you'd have so much hate and rage for this community. And nobody should blame you because your experience has led you to your homophobia. So, in short, we have to, if we do not deal with the negativity and the negative energy that piles up, it affects other parts or platforms of our lives. And that is what brings me to aggression therapy which i i i decided to use it could be artistic therapy or aggression therapy for me it was aggression therapy i delved my and for the few times i did it professionally i did martial arts professionally like fighting and all that in in championships and um you know all that and i think that is what led to my super ego i'm a different man in the ring and my opponents though they stereotyped me to be weak, they would get shocked when I delved into this aggressive, this bundled up angry man. And I would do things that, you know, even out of the rules, I would break arms, I would break ankles, because I'm a submission specialist. And, you know, choke people. And when I delved into that ultra ego, it was just, I was just another, another thing. And that is my baggage with uh, my traumatic experience. And it may affect different versions or different parts of your life. It may may affect your work, your friends, your relationship, your sex life. And as I said before, sex is mental. Anything that affects your mental status will affect your sex life. Be it stress, bipolar disorder, um, depression, anxiety, excitement, um, fear. Anything that affects your mental health. Affects your sex life. So, as, as I've walked you through how to deal with this, you know, you deal with the feelings, you acknowledge the feelings, you communicate your experience with people, and you identify triggers, as we talked about. I cannot fully exhaust this topic of how trauma may affect your life and how to deal with it. But if there's anything you're carrying from this podcast today, accept your feelings and deal with them. Redirect that negative energy somewhere. Arts, music, drawing, writing, singing, dancing. And most of the beautiful people I know, most of the artists I support, have some baggage that directs their emotions in their art. And it becomes really beautiful if you express this art from your traumatic experience in a very different form. That is consumable, understandable, and impactful to other people, and it even makes you, um, it, it makes you feel better when people connect with your experiences and connect with your, you know, your traumatic experience through your form of art. So whether or not you have not ex- you have experienced a traumatic experience, what what is that? <laughs> um. Even having listened to this podcast, even if you've not experienced these things, it is essential that you understand that human beings are a reaction of what has happened to them. So you may have friends who are very weird or just express some negativity. You may have a partner who expresses negativity that you don't understand. It could be a traumatic experience. And how you deal with them signifies how they deal with their own situation. And most of us out here haven't dealt with our traumatic experiences. And some of us think that our traumatic experiences are so minor that they don't affect major angles of our life. But they do. Anything that affects your mind affects the rest of your, your you know, your, 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 your personality, your expression, and everything. So dealing with these experiences will really impact positively your other aspects of life. And even if you haven't had these experiences, I believe after listening to this podcast, you will deal with people differently. And I always challenge people to understand the pain behind certain people's negativity. Somebody is aggressive. Why? Somebody is a pathological liar. Why? Somebody never comes for your dates or times. Why? Somebody lasts long during sex without coming. Why? somebody gets aggressive or cries during sex why respect people's boundaries understand people create a positive environment that people can talk to you about and share your experiences with people the more you share the more you offlet the negativity and the bundled up emotions the more you keep to yourself the more they bundle up and they'll express themselves in ways you cannot imagine That is all I had today for this first part series of dealing with trauma. And I hope that you have picked one or two things. And and, and that would be my impact. To the society and to you as my listeners and to everyone who is listening to this podcast. Thank you very much for listening to Sexploit Papushka. Till next time. Toodles!